so last week we started a brand new series on the words of Jesus. And I'll tell you right now, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's refreshing. But most importantly, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, you, you've read the Bible, you had about, you know, amazing things that's happened, you know, just name your best ones, right? Abraham, Moses, David, you know, go down the list, Solomon, and then you come to the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, then it comes to the New Testament, right? And then, of course, a lot of, you know, folks are, you know, the words of Paul, which is amazing, disciples. But, you know, I tell people, the words of Jesus is absolutely important. Uh, and I remember when I, I began to, you know, I began to start putting the series together, right? You know, so I say that the words of Jesus is literally the greatest words, right? And this uh, written to us, I believe, and that's something I'm going to put in a second. Um, Jesus is the greatest person that has lived on earth. Now, it was so important because Jesus is showing us how we have to be. Jesus was the man, and he was infused with divinity. And so the words of Jesus is literally one of the things I want you to pay attention to everything that you might believe. The words of Jesus, right? And I shared a little bit about the word of God, about Logos, about Rema, about, you know, how Jesus came into the world, how he became, you know, the world made flesh. And so if you haven't listened to that part of it, and you didn't watch the series, I want you to go watch the series beginning. Um, but today we're going to go on the words of Jesus and faith. Last week, we started on the words of Jesus with Lazarus, right? And it was so beautiful, so beautiful. Um, but before anything, we're going to start with praying. And um, Jesus always started with prayer, you know, absolutely. So we started with praying, and then we just kind like, you know, get into it. That's a lot. That's a lot. We already began a few minutes later, and we shoot. So we're going to go right into it. Jesus and faith. There's a lot of things that Jesus said about faith. If you didn't know it, I'm going to be happy to share with you. So it's going to be across two weeks, right? It is, I, trust me when I say today, it's not going to be enough to even cover half of what I think we want to cover. Um, remember, Dio always goes in, she gets your words, she kind of shows you all this thing. So I'm excited to hear what she has to say. And, you know, one of the things I see that God does pretty well is that he gets one topic for us and he just pushes it into our hearts and we go and we come back with different things of the same stock, right? Remember, we're one flesh, one spirit one body, but different elements, different parts, different working. So uh, it's so important, so, right? That's why I always tell people, you want to be you. God has many children here on earth. The devil has many children here on earth, right? God is counting on you to be that one child that you do what he's asked you to do. My favorite thing is stay where God has put you. Just stay at the same spot, keep moving, but stay where God has put you. Nobody can be me. Nobody can speak like me. You could try to be them, it's not going to come up as clean because I'm fly, right? But um, you want to be you. You want to be you. You want to be the best person. So God wants you to be you. You're unique. He spread you in his image and likeness. That, you know, revelation came to me when he said, listen, every day that you wake up in the morning, there's literally a new glory that I have shown in you for you to show other people. And so every day that you live a counterfeit life, you try to be some other person. I don't care if you're in Africa, if you don't speak any English, I don't care if you're in Asia, I don't care if you're in a different part of the world, right? You are you, you are unique, you're beautiful, you're special. Don't let anybody make you think otherwise. You're not a slave, you're not, a, you're not poor, you're not broke, you're yourself. If people are like, well, I was born poor, what you talking about? Joseph was sold into slavery. He was a slave boy, but in his head right here, he was a prime minister. He never saw himself as a poor person. 
Do you understand that? So it's an estate, it's a state of mind, it's a stance. Faith is a stance. Well, we're going through, right? We talked about faith, but I want to show you what Jesus said about faith. Jesus literally was setting me on fire this week when I was just meditating on faith, even this morning, right? And um, without much further ado, I'm going to pass it on to Dio to bless God's people to pray and we kick it off. Amen. The fire has already blazed. Like, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm stirred up already. Uh, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor your name. We give you glory and praise. And we acknowledge you as sovereign, as the one who's in control, as the one who's seated above, um, on high, um, our our father, our friend, our lover, our master, our ruler. You are everything to us, and we just acknowledge you this moment. We thank you for the message you have for your people today, God. We thank you that faith will be stirred up, God. I ask, Lord, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, God, that you would enlighten us in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would give us the understanding of the hope of our calling, Father God, to be those who live by faith, that those who are not moved by what they see, but believe your word and your word only, oh God, we think that your word is life, and it's light, and it's spirit, and it, it pierces us, oh God, so we ask of, that, of you today to pierce us, to transform us, to convict us, to renew our mind, God, and let us lead different, Father God, after hearing this word, different for our good and your glory, oh God. We thank you that you've anointed these words, you've cleansed these lips, God, these hearts are pure to minister your word, Father, and we, um, we just pray, Lord God, that as your people hear the word, Father God, that they would receive you even the more. In, mighty, uh, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray, amen. 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 That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So we're about to do something right quick, right? So in case you do not know all the different places that Jesus spoke about faith, I'm going to list all of them to you right now. All so we're going to go. In, yeah, I'm going to list all of them, right? There, there are a few hidden ones, a few like hidden ones right there. So I did a good job. Of, I, I thought I did a good job of being able to pick them. Remember what we do here, right? We use the words of Jesus as a springboard and then we jump into what that means in 2020, right? In Charleston, Carolina, in, you know, wherever you are, right? Because again, if you cannot apply the words of Jesus to your life, then what's the point? Um, but before that, I want to read some scriptures very quickly. John chapter 20, verse 29. Now, this is after Jesus has risen from the dead. You know the story, right? And then he had set appearance to his disciples. And one time he appeared to the disciples and Thomas wasn't there. Thomas is the one that always doubts. They call him Doubting Thomas. And then Thomas said, well, that's not true. I have to see him before I believe. So Jesus again appeared and then Thomas was there. So I'm just going to go straight into that meat. Verse 29 says, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Verse 30 is what I want you to hear. And Jesus truly did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe. Mm -hmm. Again, why were these words written? Why were the words of Jesus written? Listen, these were written that you may believe. 
that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Listen, if you didn't hear anything else I said today, if you didn't hear anything else I say, the words of Jesus was written that you might believe. There's something that belief does to you, right? Because Jesus is the first begotten from the dead. This is literally life-changing. This is something that religion doesn't want you to hear. I told you these religious folks don't like me. They already, they already told me they don't like me. They've written to me in times, KJ, we don't like you. And I said, I don't like you too. Well, I'm, I'm just messing with you, right? Well, anyways, right? Listen, you're not just somebody, you know, I, I believe in Jesus. I gave my life to Christ. You know, you know how we all do, right? You know how you all do. I'm going to go to church on Sunday, you know what I'm saying? Get my best dress on. Now you don't go to church anymore. So, like, I'm going to just be in my pajamas, you know, leave some holy hands up, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to just be good, you know, once in a while, just feel some shaking, some stuff, and that's it, you know. You know, God up there, I'm out here, you know. That's cool. That's not what I'm talking about. These words were written that you might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing, you have his life in you. All right. I'm going to expand on that through the words of John in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. I'm reading the TPT. It says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Messiah is God's spiritual child. Listen to me. I didn't write these words. I'm trying to show you why the words of Jesus are so important, right? Everyone who believes that Jesus is, is, is the Messiah is God's spiritual child and has been fathered by God himself. And everyone who loves Father God loves children as well. So what is he trying to say? That the day you give your life to Christ, that God is your spiritual father. Remember I've said many times that man is a spirit, right? He has a body. You know, he has a soul and he lives in the body. So that means that the real you, for the cute guys out there, for the pretty ladies out there, I'm so sorry to say your face, everything you see is not the real you. The real you is the one on the inside right this is your house this is your body. why when you die right your body decomposes and that's it but something happens to your soul it's gone so your spirit literally never dies and that's what happened at eden when adam you know committed the sin at that point he died there was that spiritual separation and so jesus came to bring us back to the father that's why he's the first because from the dead all right I have one more scripture right there. Still first John chapter 5. I'm going to go all the way down to verse 13. I'm going to read 13 and 14. And I'm reading that from the message translation. It says, my purpose in writing is simply this, that you who believe in God's son will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have internal life, the reality and not the illusion. And how bold and free we then become in his presence Pretty asking according to his will, show that he's listening. And if we are confident that he's listening, we know that what we've asked for is as good as ours. And that, my friends, is my first sojourn into the words of Jesus and faith. Now, this is the best way to get you in there because the first thing for us is believing God, right? That he's your father. And once you believe that it's your father that you have received internal life, that, that confidence translates into, remember when they said, I will enter his courts with praise, right? And so it's the best Hebrews chapter 10, right? And so that boldness that we come with allows us to be able to speak. 
So um, again, I'm going to list out all the words of Jesus and faith, all the accounts, everything you did about faith. I'm going to pass it on to Dio. And Dio will start off anywhere she wants to start off, right? Any, any account, any passage, and then we just go from there. Remember, there's too much to be able to cover in one week, right? Um, so we're going to you know, go you know, beat by beat, but this is where we are right now, just on faith. Because faith is important. And the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I think we all want to know what Jesus said about faith. Because we hear this about faith, 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 faith. I had faith, you know. Faith is turning to some sort of like, you know, like a, like a watchword, right? You know, well, I have faith. Well, Jesus said, if you have faith, something's going to happen. So we better see what Jesus said. I think it's super important, right? And so a few, you know, a few accounts. So if you have a pen on the paper and if you're on the run points, you know, you know put on the comments and whoever is listening right now so that everybody else could listen and they could get it. So a few times Jesus spoke about faith was Jesus healing a blind man. And you see that accounts in John chapter 9 from verse 1 to 17. So Jesus Christ healing a blind man in John chapter 9 from verse 1 to 17. And then Jesus was also still in the storm. Jesus was calm in the storm. And you see that in Matthew chapter 8 verse 23 to 27. Matthew 8, 23 to 27. Um, there's also another account of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. We talked about that yesterday, last week, and that's book of John chapter 11. And you have 1 to verse 3, from 17 to 27, from 41 to 44. That's where the words of Jesus were on healing, right, on raising Lazarus from the dead. So Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, John 11. Now Jesus and the woman with the issue of blood, and that's in Matthew chapter 5. From verse 21 to 34. So that was Jesus raising the woman that, that Jesus healing the woman that had the issue of blood. And then there was another account that was right after that, as Jesus was healing the woman, people came and met him. I was telling him about another little girl that was dead. And that's Jesus raising the little girl from the dead. And that's in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 5, from verse 34 to 43. And now there was a time, this is one, this is one of those secret ones that you probably didn't find within your study. Um, Jesus' disciples asked him how to increase their faith. And that's Luke 17 from verse 5 to 10. They said, Jesus, how do we increase our faith? And I'm going to read that today. I want you to hear what Jesus said. Jesus was very amazing. And then the disciples also asked Jesus why they couldn't cast out the demons. And you see that in two passages, Mark 9, 14 to 29, and Matthew 17, 14 to 21 jesus disciples were asking him why they couldn't cast out the demons mark 9 14 to 29 and mark 17 14 to 21 now jesus and the centurion which is one of my favorites jesus and the centurion and you see that in mark chapter 8 from verse 5 to 3 mark chapter 8 from verse 5 to 3 jesus and the syrophoenician woman jesus and the syrophoenician woman and you see that story in Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 to 28. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. And then last but not the least one, Jesus and the fig tree, which it is, I can quote by heart, the whole, I mean, that whole stuff is just amazing. And that's in verse 20 to 24. So Jesus speaking to the fig tree, Mark 11, 12 to 14, and Mark 20, and Mark 11, 20 to 24. If you want, I'll put on the footnotes, right? I'll just leave on the footnote to be 
Jesus telling Peter to launch out into the deep, you know, speaking to Peter about casting back the nets, and then Jesus asking Peter to walk on the water. Um, so th those ones I put on the footnote. I'll let you know why next week I put on the footnotes. Um, but these ones are where Jesus really spoke about faith. And so with that, I'll pass it over to you, Dio. So I want to know, you know, what came to your spirits when you were starting the words of Jesus? You know, which ones you probably want to start with? You know, just let us know. What's up? What's going on? Thank you so much. Um, when I think about faith, I think about persistence. Um, and as I sat here and the Lord ministered to me, I, um, I thanked him for the people that he placed in my life that um, helped, um, helped me to exercise my faith. Because we've all been given a measure of faith. Um, and we build it according to how we exercise it. And so when I think about going to Faith Soldiers, Word Ministries, and Kingdom Builders, International Movement for Christ, those leaders that got placed in my life really um, pushed me to exercise my faith by pursuing purpose. And so um, as I sat with the Lord this week and I was like, God, you know, what do you want your people to know about faith? Um, he gave me two things. The first thing he spoke to me was the Seraphonician woman. Um, and, and her story, or rather God's response, Jesus' response to her was like everyone else, every single scripture, um, or rather most of the scriptures that KJ mentioned, um, Jesus' response was, go ahead, your faith has healed you. So we know that when it comes to faith, there is a, um, that's really all you need to receive what it is that you're wanting, whether it be healing, whether it be money, whether it be um, vision, whatever it is that you are desiring of the Lord, you have to have faith. When KJ mentioned the disciples who could not cast out the demon, it was because they did not have faith. He says, you unbelieving people, like, why don't, didn't you believe, you know, and your unbelief can only be eradicated or uprooted or annihilated by fasting and prayer. And so there is an equation you have that you need faith to move forward in whatever it is that you are desiring of God. And if you are not able to exercise your faith because of unbelief, the remedy to that is fasting and prayer. Um, and so the Seraphonician woman came to the Lord and um, desired of him. And he said he only came for his people. And she said, um, okay, um, well, you know, dogs eat the crumbs off of the, the, the people's plates. You know what I'm saying? At the table, I'm really just um, paraphrasing this scripture. Um, nevertheless, when Jesus saw that she believed that she could get something from him, just like the lady who was bleeding for 12 years, the lady with the issue of blood, Jesus was on his way again to heal Jairus's daughter, which was Talitha, the, the young girl who he brought back to life. Even in his journey, you see people just pulling on him and just believing. So on his way to resurrect this young girl or wake her up from her sleep, just like he did Lazarus, you have the woman with the issue of blood who said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I don't even need him to see me. He don't have to call my name. I just have to touch the hem of his garment and I know I can be healed. That is faith. 
that is exercising your faith, what you have been given. Um, on, he stops, he realizes that power has been taken out, out of him. Um, and then he goes on to Jairus's house to uh, wake up Talitha from her sleep. And before he could even do the miracle, he had to get the unbelieving people out of the way. So that is a key um, for life right now. I just stopped there for those listening, that if there's something you're believing for from the Lord, and you have to really take a look around your circle, right? Who can believe with you and who's not? And if they're not, this season of your life may not require their presence. Why? Because in order to do the great things that God can do and has given you the ability to do, you can't have that unbelief around you. Um, so that's one thing. Um, then I thought about, actually, the Lord spoke to me maybe yesterday or two days ago about um, striking. So I had a, a very, I guess, in certain eyes, it may look small, but when you exercise your faith, it could be anything. You could just believe a, a dead plant will rise again. Like that is exercising your faith and waiting for it to happen. Um, I was believing for something and I went forth. Now, this is not the first time I believed for this thing, right? But um, as I have believed in the in, in until this very day, what I wanted did not happen. Um, nevertheless, I kept being persistent in believing that it will happen. If it happened today, it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm still believing. So you you know, I I didn't let what I saw or what the outcome in that day was, but stop me from believing that it could happen. So anyway, long story short, yesterday, once again, I believed and it happened. And what the Lord told me is 1 Kings 13, um, which is uh, when Elisha told the man to strike the arrow out of the window. And this person striked, but he striked only three times. And Elisha was like, why? Like, why didn't you keep striking? keep on striking, you should strike five or six times. And then that's how many times you would have beat the enemy. And so whatever that enemy is for you, whether it's doubt, unbelief, um, or anything else, you know, just because that day it didn't happen or manifest does not mean that it is not truth. It won't happen or it won't manifest. It just means that you have to keep striking. So when I think of faith, I think of persistence. You have to exercise it and you have to keep going no matter what it looks like because Hebrews 11 says that um, when it comes to your faith, it's confidence in what it's hoped for and assurance in a, about what you don't see. So you have to have confidence in what it is you're hoping for. And then even if you can't see it, you're just, a, you're just sure about it. It's gonna happen because I believe it. And that's how faith works. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. I'm about to scare something up now, right? So, all right. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Um, so you got to choose which one you want. A lot of times, a lot of people confuse believing with faith. And it's not the same thing. You could believe, right? <laughs> you could believe all you want. I mean, people have believed, well, I believe I'm healed, I believe I'm healed, I believe I'm healed, and they still out of the sickness. Um, so that's the, that's the first thing of every share. Um, faith, is, faith, is, faith is a way of life, probably put it that way. 
Faith is a way of life. Faith is a stance. A stance. S-T-A-N-C-E. Faith is a stance. Think about Abraham. Abraham, God told Abraham when he was 75, you are going to be the father of many. And he believed God. And he believed it, right? Um, but something had to happen. Abraham had to, had to get in there. Abraham had to get to the place where, you know what, this is really what it is. Um, and that's why the Bible in um, Hebrews chapter 11, um, Hebrews chapter, let me read it. I want to read it very quickly. Um, thank you, Jesus. I, I think it's important when we see this. I'm going to read the words of Jesus, but I want to show you this very quickly. There's something about, you know, faith there. Okay, so Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now, again, we've had a series on faith, you know, so... Um, now I need to go back. This is purely true what you said, but this is very important. It says, now faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. By it, the elders obtained a good testimony. And that's really what I want to show you. The elders, the elders, who are the elders? Elders are not the great happy. These are people that the Bible says have walked the world. They've shown themselves to be distinguished, right? And just think about David. You know, I don't think there was anybody in the camp of Israel that didn't believe that God was going to do it. You know, the children of Israel also believed that, you know, God has done many miracles, many signs. But when they went to the Red Sea, when they were right there at the Red Sea, at that point, believing could not get it done. It was faith. So when God says, stretch forth your hands, there was no other stuff that was going to help you solve that. So a lot of time, that's when people come show you believe, you believe, you believe. But then it has to go from believing to faith. Now, believing and faith, they work together. Of course, if you don't believe, then there's no faith. I mean, what's the point? That's what Jesus was trying to show. But faith is literally the next level. Now, look at what it said in verse 3. It says, by faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. Boom, stop right there, the word of God. Now, I'm going to go back to Jesus. So that the things that we see were made from things that we're not seeing. So that means that faith starts working in the unseen realities. Faith starts to be activated in the spiritual realm. Uh, again, depending on if you're listening, for us, listening to me for the first time, um, this is the first time you listen to something like this. It might sound very radical, um, but the world that you see is made from things that are not seen. There's a spiritual realm that governs the physical realm. Um, again, that's why you see things can happen. Like, I can't explain these things, right? Um, but that's people cannot explain it because it's spiritual reality. But then look at the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 9. This is what I think I'm going to start from today. Um, Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Um, I'm going to put it side by side by what he said in Luke chapter 7. So Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So now you see Jesus is that word believe, right? That's the first time we're seeing that word believe. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. That means by believing, right? Believe, there's something like hope, faith, hope, you know, they come together. And then in book of Luke chapter 17, verse 6, Jesus said, I'm reading from the TPT, and I'm going to read from their message. TPT says, if you have even the smallest measure of authentic faith, if you have even the smallest measure of authentic faith, it will be powerful enough to say to this last tree, my faith will put you up by the roots and throw you into the sea and it's to respond to your faith and obey you. So the question is, what is authentic faith and what is in authentic faith? Look at verse six from message. 
But the master says, you don't need more faith. You don't need more faith. There is no more or less in faith. <laughs> okay. The master said, you don't need more faith. There is no more faith. You say to the size of a poppy seed. You could say to this sycamore tree, go jump in the lake and it will do it. So just hold that in mind, right? Hold that in mind. So now let's kind of look at what happened to the disciples when they tried to raise someone from the dead. Because again, remember, you know, I had said, I think, you know, a few weeks ago that faith doesn't come from, or power doesn't come in words, but in relationship. Or having a relationship with the word, right? With the, of course, the word of God is God. When you have a relationship with God, right? It helps you understand what you have. That's that what stuff John was saying. There's the confidence we have because we're children of God. And that children of God being that we know what we have, we've been given this thing. So for example, if I know my father has seven things in his estate, now when I'm gonna go get us, and I'm not gonna go in a place where I'm hopping, I'm hoping, I'm begging and all that. So again, the same way, when you know that God has given you certain things as a child of God, if you know that God has made you healed, because people still have that understanding and consciousness that, you know, there are somehow people, they're good people, and then God loves them. You, you literally, you know, Jesus is trying to show us who you are, that you are a child of God. That means that you're born into the kingdom. And so it was the reason why he was saying that if you have faith, there's faith in something, faith in God. I'm going to read, you know, Mark 11, verse 23 later. That's what Jesus was talking about, the fig tree and then the faiths and all that. But I want to show you, because, again, the disciples of Jesus had been in a place where a lot of us are right now. They've said this thing. They said, you know, be healed. They said, get out. You know, they, you try to tell your business, my business is going to, you know, get well. You told your body, you're not sick. You know, tell your headache. You tell yourself, I don't have money. I'm going to get money. Like, you're saying these things, right? You're saying these things. So why is it not working? A lot of people get frustrated. Well, I've said this many times, it's not working. KJ, I, I believe, I believe, I believe, I confess, I confess, I confess, it's not working. What is what is the problem? Why is it not working? If you have faith, it has to work. So what is Jesus having to say about that? So let's look at what Jesus said. So this is the account of Jesus. Jesus' disciples trying to raise, you know, trying to cast out the demons. And I'm going to read it from Mark, Mark chapter 9 from verse 14. And I'm just going to go to the key points so you could like catch what happened over there. So verse 14, and when he came to the sick disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes is reading with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and ran to him, greeted him and said, what are you discussing with them? He was asking the scribes. Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever he sees him, he throws him down and he foams at the mouth, gnashing his teeth and becoming rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I be with you? Bring him to me. And um, I'll just go straight to 21. Jesus asked the father, how long has he been with him? He said from childhood, the whole story goes there. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible. Verse 24, immediately the father of the Lord cried and said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Jesus saw that the people came running together and he rebuked them to his and said to him, Death and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And then the spirit left. And so verse 28, 
And when he had come into the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Jesus said to them, this kind come out with, by nothing but faith and, and fasting and praying. Now, a lot of time it's easy to think, well, the only reason why they could not cast out the demons by, you know, because they didn't fast and pray. But if you look at what Jesus told the Father, it kind of shows you the stance. He said, if you believe, all things are possible. So it means that there's literally a connection between what they were saying and what they really believed. And one of the ways you could see that was what happened in the book of Acts when a certain man had been chasing Paul around and he'd been like trying to cast out demons and all that. And then demons jumped on him. Um, That's the sons of Siva. Um, but what Jesus was trying to say is that your faith cannot work if you don't believe. But then that belief has to be in God. The belief has to be in God. And, and, I, and one of the things I always, you know, I always look at was how the disciples felt because they felt like they had let Jesus down. But Jesus was trying to show them that, listen, this is how you build these things up. He was trying to build them to the point where, remember, they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the first things. Without the Holy Spirit, right, the Holy Spirit is literally going to be a witness. Because a lot of times when you say things, you can say, for example, I'm healed. And your brain is telling you, well, you're not healed. I have this stuff in my body. Well, I still have this stuff. My account is still not well. The Bible says the Holy Spirit bears witness. Jesus did not say when you say to the mountain. I mean, let's look at that very quickly. That's in Mark chapter 11. Because Mark 11 is the closest you're going to see to Jesus really showing the disciple. This is how it's done. And so Jesus, that's the account of the fig tree. You look at Mark 11 from verse 12 to verse 14. I'm going to read only verse 14. Um, Jesus said, okay, let's read it from verse 12. The next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from our fire, a fig tree having leaves, he went out to see if perhaps he could find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. But it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. The Bible said that the disciples heard it. The disciples heard it. So that means that Jesus said, nothing is going to come out of you again. It sounded insane. Like this man is talking to a tree. Now, the Bible did not say Jesus stood there and was speaking and holding the tree and, you know, holding hands or whatever. No, he spoke and then he walked away. Now, you can see there was something about Jesus. It was almost like an evolution. Jesus, remember, I, I've said it many times. Jesus, when he was probably five or six or seven or eight, had begun to study the world. The Bible said that he had gone into the temple. So Jesus was building up that part of, so Jesus was building the world up. Jesus was starting. Jesus did not just wake up one day and he was Jesus. Even if he received the Holy Spirit, Jesus was trained. Jesus was getting something inside of him. He had the word inside of him. Remember what God told Joshua? This book of the Lord shall not go from your mouth. So that means that he had been studying the word of God. So Jesus was literally ready. And when the Holy Spirit came upon him, what happened was power came. Anointing came, right? The Bible said that there was no miracle that was done until, right, when it was time, when it was time. What was the time? It was time when, at this point, the power was flowing. But then he was speaking because he already had the word in him. You have to remember, that's what the one of the things I, I try to make sure people understand. Jesus was a little boy. If Jesus was not getting trained, if Jesus' parents were not godly, they didn't take him to the synagogue, they didn't take him to the temple, Jesus would have grown up and he would have been like a Saul that walked away from destiny. So Jesus' parents helped him, right? And hopefully, you know, I'm not hopefully, Jesus also was doing the work. So by the time he was, remember, when he got to his 30s, he began his ministry, he was ready. That means for the last 30 years, he wasn't just bare. So a lot of times I tell people, 
if you want to get the best the best version of yourself is the word of god because you see in the word of god that what the holy spirit does the holy spirit makes it real to you now that logos which is the word of god becomes rama and when you speak the rama it becomes you know something else right so jesus was trying to tell them when you speak move away that's it it's done it's settled it's final and then you come down to verse 20 verse 20 in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree that dried up from his roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the tree which you had cursed has withered away. Now look at what Jesus said. Now I want you to compare it to what happened in, in chapter 9. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. So now you see, have faith in God. There's a, there's a suggestion that says, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. I think it's the CSV. Uh, I'll try to remember what version. A version actually said, have the God kind of faith. So what does that mean? What is the God kind of faith? What is the God kind of faith? Oh, man, this is beautiful. He said, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Boom. Now the word heart is introduced. Remember, you know, again, you read it in just one account or one story. You don't really see the whole stuff. The first time he said, if you believe, well, I believe, right? But then now he's introducing a new stuff. He said, don't doubt. Do not doubt. <laughs> doubt is very important. See, I'm telling you, doubt, actually, you, someone, something just comes and say, it's not possible. You don't have the qualification. See, people in your family don't have this stuff. You know, this is a statistic. I remember talking to a dear friend, and she's probably listening. She's probably like, I'm going to get you, KJ. Um, she was saying something to me. I said, I'm going to become a statistic. And I said to her, what statistic, right? If you believe that stuff, that's a tradition. That's what Jesus said. You know, he said, do not doubt. Apostle Paul said, casting out imagination, casting out imagination, all those traditions. Listen, you are not the same with people in the world. Your statistic does not apply to you. You are literally a different person. That's the person I try to show you that you are a child of God now. If you're a child of God now, the words of Jesus should mean even double to you. Because Jesus is, again, not a man. Jesus is not just anybody. Jesus had received the life of spirit of God. And the Bible says that when God said, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased, he said, listen to him. At that point, the whole universe, earth, wind, fire, roots, everything were listening to Jesus. Remember what happened? God told Moses, strike the rock, right? Strike the rock. You tell, you're trying to tell me that rock has intelligence because Moses actually at some point spoke to the rock and what that came out. I'm trying to show you exactly what was going on because at that point when God said to my beloved son, everything that had breath, that had intelligence could hear Jesus. Remember the story of Ezekiel prophesying to the dry bones. The Bible said the bones were very dry, but they still had intelligence. Remember our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our nose is not as high as is possible. Even my dogs could see further than I can see. They could smell, you know, they could hear. So I'll be right here and I'm not hearing nothing, but they hear people coming to the door. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know? So in the same way, the Bible says that we look not by what we see because your eyes. So what it's trying to show you right there is that your faith goes beyond your sensory perceptions. It means that if I can see something, it means that there's something that I'm not seeing. So your faith literally is working beyond your sensory perception. So Jesus is trying to introduce to the disciples at this point that it is that faith in God. The reason why you're able to do this thing because you have faith in God. God is literally a person. 
And you want to know, like someone says, what is the fate of God? Look at it in Genesis chapter 1. The Bible said that the earth was void. You know, I mean, there was darkness everywhere. But God did not say, oh my God, it's dark. What do we do? No, being God, he said light to become. He called light from darkness. And so that's the same thing I was trying to say, that even when it feels like ain't nothing going on, I mean, it feels like everything is just not working the way it's supposed to be. You know what I say? I said life become. So you have the power to change situation. And so when people, the front of the first question people always ask me is, how do you know you're healed? You know, how do you know, you know, like, how do you know you're not sick? And I say the first thing is knowing, one, that God has healed you. Do you believe, right? And then if you believe, don't doubt. Don't doubt. This is a lifestyle. It's not something you do today. You know what? Someone tell me, well, I confess, I confess, I confess, I believe, I believe. It's not something you do for one week and you stop. The Bible is literally telling us that your life is governed by what you say. That means I can actually tell cancer to get on my body. But in the same way, remember when I told you a few months ago that don't ever say I can't breathe. There's a reason for that. Because you're confessing certain things. You're putting infrastructures. The whole world is governed in a negative. When devil had received the power from Adam, he changed a few things. He became the god of this world, right? So this world is designed for you to get sick depending on your environment. You drink certain stuff, you eat certain things, you eat certain foods, or certain no conditions. So when you say, I'm sick, the environment is conducive. Almost like I put salt in the ground and it's going to grow. The environment is conducive for a negative life. If you say I'm poor, yes, it's very possible for poverty to catch up with you. But if you want to live the regular, the, the extraordinary life, because this life is meant for you to go up and come down. So even if you apply certain principles of seed time and harvest, even if you get money, money will leave your hands. Even if they give, I want you to hear the story of people that won the lottery. They got millions of dollars, you know, into hundreds of millions. And then after a few, five, five years or so, they're broke, they're in trouble. They waste the money because it's not money. It's not money. It is, it is literally not money. Yeah, that's the same thing for business owners, for people that want to do whatever. Because if you keep thinking, when I have money, I'm going to act away. No. He said he's bought you with a prize. That means that this, that honorable spirit is already upon you. You're a special person. Now, by the time you believe that stuff, that you're special, it starts working, right? So, again, faith is literally working in the way that God has set out for you, which is not the way that we're trained. Our environment is not trained that way. And so if you start confessing today, I'm sick, you know, whatever, it's going to start working almost immediately because you're sowing that soil, that seed in a, in a fertile soil. But when you start going about saying the same thing like God has said, it might take a few moments, it might take a few days, a few months, a few years. But listen, that is the way that you start turning your life around because you literally get to the point where your life goes in a direction. But trust me, believe me, everything you say is what you have. So Jesus was trying to show them that, remember, just believing is not enough, but you cannot doubt. And then he said more than anything again, he said, believe in God. Believe in God. Some people believe, you know what, you believe somehow, like, I'm going to be fine, but your belief or your faith is in your currency, is in how much you have in your accounts, is in the doctor, is in the system, in the stock market, is in your family, is in your connection. Jesus said, where a man's heart is, his treasure is. So I see your treasure, I know exactly where your heart is at, right? So again, it's important to understand that believing is not enough. Faith is a lifestyle. This is who you are. Like you don't change, you don't go to the left, you don't go to the right, so you stay where you are. And so again, you know, this is just pretty much Jesus showing the disciples. And you could see that the disciples, something happened when they received the Holy Spirit. 
I mean, the same Peter that was out there, you know, trying to walk on water and like, you know, fall into the water because of his unbelief. Because Jesus asked him, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Jesus said, Peter, why did you doubt? He was walking on water. Peter looked around and he saw the winds and the waves, which is like the, the, the adversity of life and bills and, you know, all oh, whatnot. And then he began to sing. But that same Peter, after he received the Holy Spirit, was walking and at the gate called Beautiful, there was a man that was lame. And Peter looked at the man and said, See, man, go to have not, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Held his hand, and the Bible says that strength entered the man. So Peter had, had graduated from that level of, you know, looking around and doubting and believing and sometimes having faith to having that lifestyle. So there's something literally about Peter that was changed. Peter wasn't the same man. And that's what I told you happened to Saul in the Bible, where Saul, the Bible says that the spirit came upon Saul like he was a new person. He was a new person. People that saw Paul and Saul said, are you one of the prophets? Why? Because there was something that you know about prophets. There was a way prophets were. And Paul and Saul had literally been showing them those attitudes, those characteristics. So King Saul received a new spirit. King Saul became a new person. The same thing happened, right? When, you know, Saul was changed from Saul of Tarsus to Paul the son of God, Saul the Christ, Saul the apostle, Saul the navigator, Saul the emancipator, and so um, Paul the emancipator. So Paul had received something. And so again, the words of Jesus is showing us, right, what is possible. Jesus said, if you speak to it, keep going, keep walking, just believe. The Bible said that Abraham, against hope, believed. Against hope, believed. And why you think, well, that was Abraham? No, it's happening today. You know, when everything feels like, you know what, this is over. They say, well, you've lost your job or whatever. He says, don't doubt. Keep believing. Keep believing. Don't forget what happened when Naaman had been asked to go take a bath. After the first couple of times, the Bible says it got worse. He was like, what? He's like, I'm done. He said, no, keep going. Don't you stop. Keep going. Right? And so faith is, even when it feels like everything else is not working, keep going. Keep going. Because the Bible says that your faith shall make you whole. The Bible did not say, if you believe, right, that God will change things. No. He says, you shall say to this mountain, you shall say. And that's the last part I'm going to mention right now. Now, a lot of times, you know, a lot of people, I hear people, well, not here. There's a lot of quiet Christians. We're so quiet. What do I mean by we're so quiet? We pray, you know, we pray, we believe, you know, we believe, and that's it. No, you can't stop there. You got to speak. You know, he said, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. You got to speak. Jesus said, you shall say. He didn't say, I will say. He didn't say, God will say on behalf. He didn't say, Moses will appear. He didn't say, angels will say on behalf. No. He says, if you believe, right, all things are possible. You shall say to this mountain, so you shall say. God said the same thing to Joshua. He said, my son, these will cannot depart from your mouths, but you shall continue what to make it upon it day and night. So from your mouths, so you meditate this in your hearts. You know the word of God. You believe the word of God. You have the faith. You have the hope. You have the belief. And by faith you speak, right? The Bible says, I show me your faith, I'll show you my works. So that means there's a corresponding work that comes with faith. You can't just have faith and like, I have faith. What does that mean? So Jesus said, you shall say, you shall say. That means you shall say to your situation. You have to be like, you have to speak to situations. You speak to your bank account. You say, listen, it sounds weird, right? I mean, Jesus was really a weird person. They thought Jesus was crazy, right? Because Christianity is the great confession. It's not the great believing. I believe. There's a lot of Christians that believe and believe and believe. It's the great confession. What are you saying? 
James chapter 1, what are you saying? James chapter 5, what are you saying? That's what the Bible was saying, that death and life and the power of the tongue. So the tongue is important. As a Christian, your greatest asset is your tongue. Listen to me. A Christian's greatest asset is your tongue. What you say, what you say is important. Praise God. Amen. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I think that it was pretty much clear what KJ explained. Um, I'm going to go over some words real quick. Um, that's what I'm famous for here. And, um, you know, faith is the topic. Faith is what um, drives us as believers. And, um just the gist of what KJ said, you know, faith is action. He says it's a lifestyle. It's action as well. It's you, your life is action. Your life is, is, a, is, I mean, you don't just sit and do nothing. You are active. You're moving. You're, you're, you're strategizing. You're planning. Faith is action. Um, KJ mentioned that some people um, would just confess and confess and confess the same thing, but I think about when uh, Jesus talks about prayer, right? Because prayer also takes faith. Um, he said, don't be like the heathens who have this vain repetition, right? This vain repetition is just mindlessly speaking and saying something over and over again, just to say you said it. This, this, this uh, walk of faith engages everything in you right? It is a present moment action. And so um, what the Holy Spirit said is to engage your heart when it comes to your confession, right? When you are confessing, when you are in, in a stance that I believe that such and such will be, let's say you're believing for your healing, you want to engage your heart, right? The Bible um, in different translations, when you go to the root words, um, in its original text, speaks of the heart and the mind interchangeably, right? So you want to engage your heart and your mind when you are confessing, when you are believing, when you are moving in faith. So let's just go through some words and then we'll, we'll um, you know, we'll call it a day because we are at time. Um, faith is action. What is action? Action is the process of doing something, typically to achieve an aim. Um, it is a military engagement. And you know, KJ loves to talk about this walk and faith in a military, there we go, in a military aspect, right? And then also, this is also KJ, because it comes to this part, a legal process, a lawsuit, right? It's, and, and we will talk about maybe prayer another day um, in, in the realm of like a court case, right? But it is a legal, so this is action. You take an action, right? Um, you are doing something about it. You have to trust God, right? Above all, there's, if you don't trust, then none of this matters. What is trust? It's a firm belief in the reliability, in the truth, in the ability or the strength of someone or something. We know that someone or something is God in this realm, right? So we are believing in the reliability, in the truth and the ability and the strength of God. You know, and that for me, um, touched me when KJ mentioned that, you know, it's, it's our trust and our belief in God. And I know that, but you got to hear it sometimes to 
it, and, and a light just sparks. So now I know I'm not doing it in my own strength. You know, whenever I begin to feel discouraged or, or weary, I have to remember it's not me that's doing it. I'm not depending on me. I'm the vessel. Um, and then you have to believe. We talked about belief. So the noun belief is trust, trust, faith, and confidence in someone or something. And the acceptance that a statement is true and that something exists, right? And then you have the verb to believe, which is to feel sure that someone is capable of doing something. And so all this goes together, right? Before I act, I have to trust and I have to believe. What am I trusting? I'm trusting that God is reliable, that he is true, that he has the ability, that he has the strength, right? That I'm believing, right? I'm trusting. I have faith. I know that and I have confidence that God can, right? So now that I believe, not, and, and this starts with hope. So I want to tell you guys something too. God told me earlier this week, you know, I was listening to a podcast um, um, about limiting beliefs because sometimes we believe to a certain point and then it's like you hit a wall and you can't go forward. Well, you have to train your mind, your brain to move in a certain direction. So it starts with hoping. So that's sometimes, that's, that's that blind faith. That's that, I don't know, I can't explain, but I just have hope. When you start to have hope, then you begin to believe. Then when you believe, you have trust. And then when you have trust, you take action, you have faith. And at that point, you do what God says it was or it is, right? Like Abraham, we go to him always. But God told him to go. Where am I going, God? I'll tell you when you get there, you know? And so he just had to move. That's a faith. That's action. And there's many more accounts of actionable things um, that, that show us how we go forth. And so um, I wanted to just break those words down to make it very practical, make them bite-sized like pieces for you to go forth with, meditate on it, meditate on belief, meditate on trust, meditate on believing, meditate on faith. Remember all of this started with what I said is engaging your heart and your mind, right? Be present. To engage your heart and your mind means to be present. That means that I have to sit in this moment and I have to be mindful of what it is um, that, I'm, that I'm focusing on. So faith. Faith, 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 what is faith? And, and you just go forth, just sit and meditate on that and watch what God will do. Um, and that itself, that action in itself is faith. And, um, and I'm excited, I'm excited. So I think this is the perfect transition, KJ. Yes, yes, yes. As you're speaking right now, speaking of God was saying, um, this is one of the reasons why it's important to understand the value of meditation. Jesus said something, he said, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance all times. I mean, I've said it many times. I still hear a lot of Christians, you know, asking why do we need the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you why we need the Holy Spirit. He brings reality to your spirits. What is reality is truth. Now, there are many kinds of truths. There's a truth that, you know what? I could get sick and I could get healed. There's also a truth that I don't get sick at all. I, I do not get sick. I've said it many times, right? I don't, I don't know. That word sickness is a foreign concept to me. I don't understand how people get sick. Why? Because I believed it. And he's working in my life. Now, I said that to say this. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. TPT says, So, Timothy, my son, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the press of fulfillment in this great work of ministry, in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you. He said, With this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage spiritual warfare by faith and with clean conscience. I'm going to stop there. Prophecies are important. 
What is a prophecy? Prophecy is God want to go for you right now. This is what God is telling KJ right now today. This is your word. How do you know the word of God without even studying the word of God? If God tells you right now to do something, if you don't have the word of God, the devil can also tell you something you think is God. I'll give you an example. Many years ago, I wanted to make a move. Now, this is what I wanted in my heart. Now, the door opened, and I knew very clearly this is the door for me. But through one of you know spiritual people I had in my life, like a leader, he said, that's not for you. It's not for you. Guess what? I didn't listen to him because my, I was already, you know, my greed and my selfishness and everything was already in play. I felt like it was God opening the door. I went, I made that move. I think he sent me back five years in my life by making that one move, one single move. It was great. It was green. Again, you got to understand that. It's great. The Bible says that's lost. Your loss, it kicks in against fate. The Bible says that what is seemingly good to man, you know, to God is like, don't go there. Lot, the Bible says, chose the green land. You know, he chose the part of Sodom. Everything was green. Everything was nice. You know, the promotion, the good life, you know, whatever it is he was asking for. And Abraham stayed where he was. The Bible said that Abraham was so blessed, he was richer than kings. But we know how lost life ended. He barely made it out alive, but he lost his wife. So what is faith? Faith is also being able to translate from this right here and being able to move to the next level because you can't do that without the Holy Spirit. Any Christian is dependent on his life, by his ability, by what you think, your head, your thoughts, the economy. Listen, you're already failing. You're already failing. You're going to make mistake. Depending on God, that means that you depend on God. God this move I'm making is on you. So prophecy is important. Faith is literally walking in God, walking with God. I mean, it's walking in God. That's faith. It says, by him I move, by him I leave. You don't understand what I'm trying to talk about because, listen, your life is God. God is your life. God is your source. Do you imagine a fish trying to live out of water? I'm going to hang out. I'm just going to hang out outside of water. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to just be fly. I'm tired of these water people. No. You don't sound tired. Like, you're, you're in God. He said, you're in God, little children. You've overcome the world. It means that you literally are in God. God is your life. God is your source. Because Jesus was saying that in the world, you shall have peace and tribulation. So let me tell you what that becomes in my faith life, right? It means that when fear comes to my head, I tell myself, I am not of the world. Fear does not work with my lifestyle. It means that the kind of life I have today, fear does not exist there. Fear out now. And I walk in what confidence, faith, and humility. I'll give you another example. The word of God said, listen, by the stripes you were healed. Listen, it says that healing is a children's bread. Again, that's like the base level for healing. And then something happens to my body. You know what I say? I say, Jesus had said that healing is my bread. That I don't get sick. And I tell myself, you know what? This sickness is not for me. Sickness out. So again, you need the word of God to be able to understand how to wage that life. That means, like Dio talked about, when you get to that roadblock, when it feels like nothing else is working, you know what I do? I tell God, activation, right? So I activate the next level. He said, come to me. He said, come and obtain grace. Come and obtain mercy. Because a lot of time, what you're asking for, you don't need more faith. You grow. You grow, right? You know, so again, like you have your responsibility to grow that faith. Grace is important. Then grace has expiry dates. Your grace that you have today, there's a point it gets to, it stops working. You got to go replenish it, right? You got to go top it off. You can't use the grace you was in elementary school to pass college. No, 
You can't use a grace you had as a trainee to be a manager, no. You can't use a grace as a council person to be a president, no. You got to tap it off. So how do you tap it off? By living in the spirit, by living in the word. They said, make this word your life. He said, you shall be like a tree planted by the water. He said, his roots does not see. Jeremiah 17 says, you don't see when the heat comes. I don't see the dryness. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's 2020. I'm telling people, I'm thriving. I'm thriving. You know why? Because I told myself from the day COVID started that my faith is in God, not in the economy. I have never been powered by the economy. No, my faith is in God. And so, my dear people, if you're listening to this word and you feel in your heart, you know what? I don't really know how I can have this life. Yes, you can. The Bible said that Jesus died for sinners. He didn't even die for believers. Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, if you're healed, if you're, if you're whole, if you're hurty, you don't need to go to the doctor. He said, I came for the sick. I came for the sinners. He told Zacchaeus, he said, come down to that child, dine in your house. Jesus actually hangs out with sinners. Jesus loves sinners. What he doesn't love is a sin. And that's why when you become a Christian, that's why there's conviction in your heart. You say what you're doing is not good because the life that you have is not concerned with sin. But he loves you. He said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. So the very one that is on earth, there's a legal part of Jesus dying. Everybody has been saved. As long as God is concerned, you're saved. And when you cry, God, save me. He's saying, okay, I've saved you. What's up? God has saved you. You're saved. But you have to, again, confess. You got to come to the point that you understand that Jesus died for you. He said, I have bought you with a precious blood. Peter said that you were not bought with silver or gold or whatever. He said you were bought with a precious blood. Precious blood. Precious blood. I've asked a question before. I said, how many people can die for somebody else? How many people take a blood for somebody else? Jesus said he's going to come and he's going to die for the world. And this is a word that they didn't even ask him. They didn't even ask him to do it. He said, I'm going to make you right again with God. He said that when you come, when I come into you, he said, I shall come with my father, right? As I, like the whole thing is coming, it's full package. Salvation is literally nothing missing, nothing broken. You could actually have the life that you want. The first step is believing God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, with the mouth, right? With the heart, first of all, you believe what you had, and with the mouth, conviction is made unto righteousness. So believe God. Believe God. 7 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it says, oh boy, if you believe, listen, 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 check this out. It says, this person you're looking at right now is a new person. All tense, all tense. Anybody who is born of God has overcome the world. Romans chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17, it says, if anybody be in Christ, anybody, anybody, doesn't matter if you're a thief, a criminal, a liar, a desperate, it doesn't matter what you are. I say, if anybody be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creation. You're really a new person. It means that you can walk out of your room right now and walk out. Guess what? There's a new anointing on you. There's a new person living in you. Guess what? Your spirit is saved. Your spirit is saved. They said you are a new person. I said, all times have passed away. The word right there is remission. What does remission mean? If you talked about legality, it means that there's literally not no accounts. You're being discharged, nothing. It's not like you're, you're, you know, also, you know, there's still an account, there's a record of sin. No, there's no account of sin anymore. It means that if you had lied yesterday, that is being, like you're a new person. You're a new person, a new species. It says, behold, I've talked about that before. The word there is kezak. It says, see with the eyes of the spirits. He said, kezak, I want you to see that you're new. I want you to see that your life is new, that the sickness doesn't belong to you anymore. 
I want you to see that your life is literally going to the next level. And he says, I want you to say the same words. He says, I have believed and I have spoken. So going forward, do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do God a favor. Stay where God has put you. The Bible says that he has set us apart. He set us apart. He said that our lives are taking part in what he's already ordained. Your life is like a movie that has already been acted on and you won an Oscar. You've already won. The Bible says, Jeremiah 22 and 20, Jeremiah chapter, Jeremiah chapter, hallelujah. Praise God. I don't thought I thought, that, okay, hallelujah. The book of Jeremiah, the Bible says that he knows the thought, he thinks that was, he does a piece out of evil to give you an expected end. That it means that right now, going forward, right, you have an expected end. It means that going forward, you have a future and a hope. So the Bible literally is trying to show you who you are. So stay where God has put you. Don't go back like the children of Israel and say, I want to go back to Egypt. I want to go back and eat garlic and eat onions. Can you imagine what they wanted to go back and eat? Stay where God has put you. He said, I've given you milk and honey. Milk and honey. He said, I've crowned you in everlasting love. And so today, right now, if you hand this, this live right now, God is saying, today is your day, today is your hour, today is your moment. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day. Literally, today is the day that he has made. He said, you shall rejoice and you shall be glad in it. He said, all the one sinner that gives your life to Christ, there's part in heaven. There's part in heaven. So I don't want you going out here today missing out on this party. Because the Bible says that today is your day. You can't say tomorrow. It's not promised. You have no idea what's going to happen outside the door today. You have no idea. But God is saying today, I want to come in. He said, I want to make your life new. He told the woman at the well, he said, listen, if you drink water from this well, you should come back and pull from the water tomorrow. You shall test again. But they said, if you drink from me, if I give you what I said, I am literally the living well. Mm -hmm. He said, out of your body, out of your belly shall flow issues of life, springs of life, springs of living water. So say this prayer after me. Believe in your heart. Believe in your heart. The first thing, remember, we talked about is believing. If you believe, Jesus said, do you believe? If you can believe, all things are possible. He said, well, I've heard this thing before. Today's different. Today's your day. It has your name on it. Angels are literally running right now in heaven. Say, dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. That you are the son of God. That you are the son of God. You came into this world. You came into this world. And you died for my sins. And you died for my sins. And you was raised for my justification. And you were raised for my justification. I confess your lordship over my life. 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 I receive eternal life into my spirit. I receive eternal life into my spirit. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I walk in newness of life. I walk in newness of life. Amen. Amen. If you said this prayer, welcome. This is literally 
the best decision you've made. You know, and people say that a lot. Like, yeah, I said, no, listen, this is the best decision you've made because today you have legality, right? You have rights, true rights to be called the son of God. And what I urge you going forward is to what? Get a Bible. Why do you want to get a Bible? If you buy a car, I use a Tesla, and you haven't used the car before, you can going to drive the car like a Datsun or like a Toyota. God wants you to live your life like he's made you a king, a prince, right? He wants you to live your life with royalty, with class, with dignity, with honor. He said, I don't want you to live like a beggar. He said, I've called you kings. I've called you gods. That's how God, that's the words God used to classify you. So don't go living like any kind of person. He said, you're a royal person, royal priest, peculiar, right? He wants you to show his colors. Now say, going forward, you have the flag of God. You're flying his flag, right? So you are definitely a person of virtue, a person of honor. If you're a man, you're a man crowned with wisdom and glory. If you're a woman, you're a woman crowned with virtue and excellence. Live like that. We're going to pray for you right now. Um, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit in your life. Get the Bible, reach out the words, right? You want to make sure you receive that. There's literally e-Bibles everywhere, but if you want a hot copy Bible, I can get you on as soon as possible. And once you get that, the new life begins. People always ask me, where do I start from? I just see my life in Christ. I always say start from John chapter 1. The book of John is, it does a very good job of showing who you are, what you have, and what you could do. Read John chapter 1, let's talk, all right? Um, but that's the life. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for this one right now. I receive, Father, all that you have done. I dealt it over to their spirits right now. The Holy Spirit is in their hearts today. They receive the Holy Spirit. They receive the life of God. Father, your life is working according to plan. Your life is working according to purpose because you love them. But I bless you for the way they was crying, they shall be rejoicing. With those weakness, they shall be strength. With those failure, they success. These very ones have become your banner your battle acts, your light that is shining in darkness. Father, I bless you for their season. This week for them is blessed. Father, their source is you. Father, every idea comes to them. Their eyes are opened. Their hands are blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mm. I just thank God um, because through this message, people were healed. And um, I'm rejoicing. I just feel such a great stirring in Um, And so I just give God glory. I give him praise. And um, for those listening that this message stirred up your faith to believe, um, congratulations. Um, these messages are always available within, you know, two to three days later um, on YouTube. And on podcasts, if you search on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker Radio, um, and there's a few others. I mean, you can just Google it. You'll find God's Anchor Like Podcast, where the messages are available for you to listen at your leisure, at, um, during your meditation time, your Bible study time, etc. And if there's any way that we can support you in your faith, please uh, reach out to us, message us, um, KJ on Facebook, myself, Diobaris Lopez on Facebook, and we would love to support you in your walk um, with Christ. And I know KJ has a song. So we would say until next time, next Saturday, 9 a.m., we will be back.
Amen. Amen.